Previously on the Adventure Zone. My name is Hudson. I'm the uh, engineer of this train. Walking through the passenger car, you only see three other passengers. Hello, I'm Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the wizard attendant on the Rockport Limited. I saw a dwarven woman in there, and I swear I recognized her, but I can't remember her name. Have you ever heard of uh, Jess the Beheader? Oh. Mm. This is uh, the the pleasure chamber. It is not a sex thing. Maybe it can be. I can make it so that when you enter this chamber, you can be in any room, anywhere in the world that you want to be. Hello, my name is Angus. I'm a little boy. I'm going to visit my grandpa in Neverwinter. I can tell you that my name is Graham. It's not as fun. I still sound like the boy that you were just talking to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <it's not Graham. laughs> you have a youthful energy about you. This week, someone reaches their final destination. Heaven. All aboard the Adventure Zone! The three of you have just been served a scrumptious brunch service by a uh, very reluctant Jenkins. Mm, I'm still enjoying my pea pods. Was it a savory brunch or like a sweet brunch? Are we looking I, at like? I, I think Justin has just decided what it is based on his Earth World Foley work. What do you? What is? What do you? Is that some edamame? We're having some pea pods, and what's that? Oh yeah, I filled my pockets with croutons. Oh, man. Mm, okay, nice. Brunch so, croutons. Waffle croutons. Just to check in on my real Earth brother's health and well-being, Daddy, uh, yes. you, you're in the same room as, yeah. the J, as the J-Man. Is he just eating croutons out of a bag right now? No. No. No, he's got them on a plate. He's got a plate full of delicious croutons, and looks like he's got one of those, those little uh, mutant teeny tiny carrots and a couple of uh, pea pods. So that the the two pea pods and the two carrots will completely cancel out the six pounds of croutons that he ate. <laughs> okay, Excellent. good. Call but diet Dr. Pepper. Hey, then that 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 helps. We'll check back with the judges on cookie point allocation after the recording of this episode of the podcast that we do. All right. Um, but in in the game world, you've just enjoyed a delicious brunch that Jenkins reluctantly served you. Uh, and uh, you you've been on the train now for about an hour and a half. Um. Jenkins checks back in on you uh, and asks, uh, have you given any more thought to... I See, I can't do it as good this week. My throat's not as ragged. Have you given any more thought to a pleasure chamber you might want to uh, visit? I can take you to one of my own personal favorites. I can take you to a beautiful day spa where you'll be covered in the richest yogurt and... Well, you won't be massaged because nobody else will be there, but it's like a yogurt dip. Jenkins? Yes. Could I visit your mom's house? If you you could visit a room in in my mother's... You could visit... Oh, I see. (laughs) Is this an actual request or just one of your parents? Nah, Jenkins, nah, we cool. Jenkins, uh, I have a request. Send me to your most popular pleasure room. 
Oh, I can do that for you. Uh, he removes from his uh, uh, pocket, I guess, a uh, from from within his robe. We'll say he withdraws a small rod, um, a small <laughs> cylinder. God damn it! <laughs> Tell me about a the small rod he pulls out of his robes. It's cylindrical <laughs> and I bet. made of. It's just is he does he seem dead. proud of it or like he's embarrassed to pull it out? He he whips it out and uh, <laughs> it's basically just like a a, a very plain looking silvery uh, rod. I don't know I don't know what to to call it. When he turn when he th- turns back to me, I've dropped my robes. Okay, <laughs> I'm wearing underwear. <laughs> okay, I want to be ready for anything. Well, that will that will not be necessary. Spell me like one of your French girls. I uh, put my robes back on, get a little bit sheepish about the whole thing. Yeah, like you're on a train. There's other people around. Um, he he takes this rod. You're and welcome. He, he points it at the door frame and sort of uh, traces the outline of of the door frame of this uh, very very shallow closet that's like built into the wall of the dining car. Uh, and then he opens up the door, and it opens up to a greenhouse full of lush plants and rich uh, uh, clusters of berries and uh, just sort of these explosions of, of beautiful flora uh, that, that is it's the most gorgeous collection of plants that any of you have ever, have ever seen. I don't know if this is any of your jams. Maybe Merle with your proclivity towards uh, the natural world. Yeah. Uh, are, you're particularly moved by, uh, I don't want to put, put uh, feelings in your heart or words in your mouth. Mm. Uh, but, Magnus uh, yawns demurely behind his hand. Okay. <sighs> Is this not, I thought that it might be no, good. No, sorry. It's just, it's been a long day. It's not your. This is a great pleasure room. Are they, are you going, to, me for are they my, going to, or is this just a solo mish? Anybody can go in if you I'm want. Going. I'm going to stay out here and continue channeling because it's important that I do that or the three of you will die. Um, so the three of you wander into this beautiful botanical garden. It's very relaxing. There's uh, uh, it, It's a little disorienting at first being on like a high-speed train and then being in a stationary sort of room. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you, you aren't too bothered by that because it's, it, it smells great in here. Uh, the, uh, Griff, can you clarify something for me? Not to no, please you. go ahead. Um, is the door to the pleasure room just sort of like an ephemeral, like floating portal, or is there like a little room? He's no, using? it's a door. It's a door frame, and it's it's not so much the room that's transforming. It's it's more that the door is has opened up a gateway to this world. It's not like the don't. Oh, not, it's not like so the holodeck. It's like a, this is a like a Stargate situation. Yeah, kind of. Or um, Narnia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a clearly defined uh, on on your side of the door in the um, botanical garden. You see the same door frame from the train uh, that is now behind you, and and through it you can see the dining car. You can see Jenkins holding his rod and put. Don't. Yep. Pointing it at the uh, at the door and saying, uh, "Enjoy yourselves. Please don't take too long. Uh, and uh, remember, don't leave anything behind. And you cannot take anything with you, except memories." 
Well, the memories, yes, will be obliterated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Jenkins. N- nothing, you are nothing, could de- nothing could destroy memories. Uh, and says. let's leave the door open, shall we? Well, yes, it would have to be. Yes. Can I make an arcana check to see what I can tell about the magic th- of this portal? Yeah, sure. Do I need dice for that? Or, <laughs> or just ask? Right. Historically, yeah. 21. 21. Uh, this uh, magic that he is using is... Let me check. I don't know what it would actually be. It says here, super cool. It's super cool, according to the manual. This is not illusion magic. It's not. It, he has not created a fake version of this botanical garden. This is conjuration magic, uh, which is the school of magic that teleportation magic belongs to. So this is, this is honest to God teleportation, but a very limited form of it. Okay. Um, it's 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 incredibly incredibly difficult for uh, wizards to teleport proper, right? To actually go from one place to the other and just be there. This is a sort of limited, easier to use version of teleportation where. Uh, uh, you, you cannot sort of permanently displace yourself from one point to the other, and that's that is why there there are those limitations. And if it, if teleportation magic is hard for wizards to use, it must be impossible for Jenkinses. Bing, Bing, you got me. Uh. <laughs> okay, I swear, <laughs> I just I, said that apropos of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins was like, I'm insane, uh, and very very rude. <laughs> Uh, I walk around, I check it out, I see what there is to see. Nice. It's very nice, very pleasant. Thank you, I tend to it myself. This is a real garden in Rockport. I tend to myself to help me exercise my demons. Is there anywhere in particular Jenkins would like me to use the bathroom? (laughs) Is there a bathroom corner? (laughs) Or is it just ladies' choice? Come back through and there's a bathroom on the train. I pee in the corner. Great, 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 great. <laughs> sort of marking your territory. Not yeah, but not. Any... No, this isn't in a weird way. This is just like I'm. I'm communing with nature, and I feel very Joke's present on... in the moment. Jokes on you, though. When you step back through the portal, your piss will disappear. <laughs> <laughs> it always does, Jenkins. I've been cursed. You did a witch kiss you. It did. Give you evaporating piss. It was actually, it's its not a bad curse as it goes. No, I would say it's actually very good. It's very pleasant. <laughs> but the, but the fear is that one day all the piss will return at right. once. Oh, okay. no, like that the scene room. in The Shining oh with the elevator. What? How is this still happening? I just want to come into the room and continue the adventure, please. We okay. have a work to do. Uh, uh, you you enjoy the, uh, the floral pleasure chamber for uh, uh, a little while and then uh, re- return back to the... Uh, dining car um, uh, Jenkins uh, retreats uh, towards the front of the car to continue his his stewardly business uh, and the only people in the car now are the three of you and Angus McDonald, the fancy lad from before who uh, uh, closes his book, sets it down on the table and says uh, hello sirs, how was your trip? don't trust him Okay, Pretty good Angus, we had a good time uh, we sure missed you though I missed you, too. Hey, I forgot to ask. What are y'all going to Neverwinter for? Business. Uh, to visit our relatives. Oh, you you also have rel- I wonder if my grandpa knows your relatives. What relatives live there? Uh, the distant ones. Well, in terms of, like, your familial relationship, or are we talking about ge- geographical? Emotional. Mm-hmm. 
I know. Right. I know. We call him. Goes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We we call him our uncle, but it's really just a good friend of our of of, of my dad's. So you know, it's not really not really that kind of connection. What's his name? His uh, his name is uh, Willard. And what are your guys' names? I'm Lehman. What's Still deadly. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are your guys' real names? Huh? Uh, what, excuse. What do, you, what do you mean, pumpkin? Pardon moi. What is? What are the names that aren't fake that you guys actually have? I don't trust him. Mm, I really don't trust him now. I, I lean over to Taco. Should I kill him? I cast detect magic. Uh, okay. You uh, you cast detect magic. What does that do again? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lightsaber. <laughs> it sounds like a lightsaber. It makes my book levitate out of the closet and open to the proper page <laughs> to tell you what detect magic does. Okay. You know? We're really good at D&D. Detect magic. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic, if any. Nice. Ooh. So has he got an aura? Uh, so you're casting this... Uh, I guess in the 30 feet around you, that would uh, pick up uh, uh, basically everything in this dining car. Yeah. Uh, uh, his book, which is a uh, sort of uh, a plain blue book without any sort of cover art. It's it's not the secret. And if it were, I mean, it is secretive. You cannot tell what the, what the book is. Uh, but you do detect uh, traces of magic uh, on it for divination. Uh, divination is the school of magic about learning secrets long forgotten, predicting the future, finding hidden things, and foiling deceptive spells. Uh, Griffin, so can I roll to up. see if I can snatch the book out of his hands and hold it above his head tauntingly? Absolutely you can. Okay. What <laughs> this would I is roll? Dungeons and uh, Bullying check, or cyberbullying, because okay. we're doing this on the internet. So you're casting rolled, Nana Nana Boo Boo, right? Yeah, I rolled a 14, and I have a plus 18 to bullying. So that's <laughs> 32. Uh, no, it would be uh, a, a, probably a sleight of hand check if you're just going to very quickly try and grab this out of his hands. And he, I will rolled con- a 16. Okay, and he will contest that with... Gosh, I don't know. Dex- dexterity, probably? Yeah, probably dexterity. Uh, he's got uh, plus 4 to dexterity. I rolled a 16. That's a 20. Damn it. You uh, you try and snatch it out of his hands, and he quickly rips it back, and he says, "Don't do, don't try that again. Just, I need to know what your guys' names are right now." I try it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that time it was a, an eighteen. Okay. That time I rolled a six, which is a ten. Okay, you snatch it out of his hands and hold it above his head. Uh, he says, uh, "Okay, that's not cool, man." <laughs> I get it. I'm not as tall as you are. Laugh I, condescendingly, Trab. Okay. I, I roll to laugh condescendingly. Oh, you can just do that. That's Success. A free okay. Well, uh, <laughs> We're just teasing you, little fella. Just open- having some good good sporting with you. Uh, it's a great prank and a really good goof. I need I to know what you're... I toss the book to re- Taco. Okay. So we're doing this now, huh? It's called Monkey in the Middle. I know what it's called. No, I, I can't read magic. Uh, okay, I look at it and do an arcana check on the book. You already uh, did. No, I did an arcana check on the room. I did an arcana check. Well, on he the book. threw it in where he said the book is from. Uh, it's used to detect 
truth. Arcana and- though is like what? What is it? I, I, I had my headphones off, ironically looking for the book to tell me what detect magic. That is that is fucking delicious. <laughs> uh, Arcana uh, measures your ability to recall lore about spells, magic items, eldritch symbols, magical traditions, the planes of existence, and the inhabitants of those planes. Uh, you uh, using your your Arcana, which you're going to roll now before I actually tell you what happens. That's a uh, twenty-two. Nice. Thank you. Okay, uh, so yeah, this is a uh, this this book has some divination magic built into it, uh, and you actually recognize it as an interceptor book, uh, and and what it can do is uh, uh, intercept messages that are transmitted through magical means, and then display them in a plain text version uh, of any language of the reader's choosing uh, on the page. Uh, on a page of the book, um, does that like stick around? Like, uh, and a- actually, it's funny you ask. As you uh, pick it up, the book uh, and, and open it up to figure it out, the book sort of magically responds, and you can uh, read the last message that was decipher that was uh, 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 intercepted by the book, and it reads: um, Lehman Kessler and Co. Not who they say they are. Stop. Uh, Charm magic spell performed at the station. Stop. Uh, uh, hand over to authorities immediately upon arrival in Neverwinter. Stop. Does the interceptor, as its name would imply, keep the message from getting where it's going? Or is yes. it just sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Angus, and- where did you get this book? That's not important. What is important is that the three of you tell me exactly what you're doing on this train and what your real names are. How about, we have the book, so why don't you tell us some stuff, and then we'll give you your book back. Quid how pro about, quo, Mr. Angus. Quid about, pro quo. What how, he said. How about, I'm a little boy who knows that you're lying, and I can yell and yell and yell and get you in lots of trouble. How about, except for me, we're much bigger than you, and we can thump your gourd. He's, okay, he's wait, wait, hold on. The only good thing about him knowing you're lying is you don't have to do the voice in front of Angus. <laughs> Um, you know what? Here, I toss in the book. Yeah, Thanks. I'm on board with that. You seem okay. So what's this? What's this skinny kid? My name's Taco. You probably recognize me from TV. <laughs> TV hasn't been invented yet, sir. It's uh, this is a, a place out of time. TV might have been invented. I can explain everything if you come with me in my sleeper car. There might be prying eyes and listening ears. Yeah, Sounds nothing good. weird about three grown men accompanying Angus to a sleeper car. Let's <laughs> yeah. go! Make sure we pass all the paparazzo on the way. Uh, the, the three of you retreat with Angus to his uh, his sleeper car. It actually uh, is a lot nicer than yours, which cool. seems weird. Uh, but he uh, uh, sits down on the bed and uh, opens up his book, and uh, he says... Um, God, he's not a brony, is he? I'm a mad brony, yo. <laughs> we love bronies. Uh, he says, uh, my name is Angus McDonald. That part mm-hmm. you already know. Uh, I am, and I'm not being braggy, because my grandpa says not to do that, but I am the world's greatest detective, he says. I roll my eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I did detective good enough to see through your horse shit, so... <laughs> I can't be too bad. Are you saying you're a boy detective? I, if you want to be reductive. 
I have a motto, and that's age ain't no thing. Anyway, I'm the world's greatest detective, and I'm on the trail of a serial killer named the Rockport Slayer. I was hired on by the Rockport City Council. I didn't think I didn't think those words too. I just sort of said it. I was hired by the Rockport City Council to track down the Rockport Slayer. His serial killer has been giving them no shortage of trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he's been in business in Rockport for a few months now. He what he does is he targets wealthy individuals and he murders them and he takes their riches and but he never leaves a trace behind him and and so I'm trying to trying to track him down. I explained that right. I think that makes I think that sense. we are working towards a similar goal. The three of us we work for an organization. Let's leave it at that. What's it called? I can't. Tell Good you, detective literally... work requires that you obtain as much information I'll, about the case as you possibly can. I'll tell him what it's called. It's called the... Oh. You got something oh. in your throat? Did you get that okay? Is there some sort of magical charm preventing you from telling me what it actually well, is? The thing, the thing that's preventing it is the... of That we wear on our... Okay. Hey, he looks over your bracers. Oh, I see. Those are some sort of communication... Dang, bracers, right? You are good. Woo. You are. You're real good. That was a, right between the eyes. <laughs> Got him. Uh, he says, uh, I have reason to believe that the serial killer, the Rockport Slayer, is somewhere aboard this train. Because last night he murdered the real Lehman Kessler. Oh, can I ask you a question, Angus? Uh, yeah, please. I saw in, the, in the book there was a, a message. Do you, does your book tell you who a message is sent from, or do you just sort of snatch it out of thin air? Uh, according to this, it was sent through a magical line down the rails by a Tom Baudet. I uh, knew killing him should have killed I Tom Baudet. I knew it! Uh, what? To explain, uh, when the charm person spell wears off, the person who is charmed knows that you cast a charm person spell on him. Oh, well. If memory serves, we didn't even need to cast it. We just did it for shits and giggles. <laughs> so good job, us. Tell me this, he says. I know that you all are restricted in what you can and can't tell me through magical means. But can you tell me this? Was Lehman Kessler carrying something very valuable? He was. Can you tell me anything about it? No. <laughs> Let me try. It, um, it was one of the... <sighs> No, that's no, not no, doing it. Not gonna work. Not working. It Look, was... kid, we're taking a lot of things on faith here. You're gonna have to take some things here. on faith too. Angus, here's what we can tell you. Okay. This this item, if it falls into the wrong hands, is remarkably dangerous. Is incredibly bad. And this item, if my suspicions are to be believed, is locked up in the safe in the in the cargo car. Is that correct? Well, that's not really that impressive. That's where we locked stuff up, Angus. You didn't really, like, deduce the shit he out of that one. He wasn't showboating. Yeah, oh, I'm just okay. sort of working with you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Then, yes, you're correct. Uh, that is correct, Angus. Um, it's oh, no, it's there. too late for that conversation, but let's move on. Okay. <laughs> so the issue that we're dealing with, Angus, is it's back there. We... Don't know very much about the item except that it's very dangerous. Have you we talked? Have, no, have you tried? Have you tried explaining to the engineer so he can open it up so that you guys can here, secure it? The before, problem here's is here's the problem. What we're talking about is so like big deal. We we this this is gonna sound phony. Well, we don't know who we can trust. Listen, look at us. We're three grown men trusting a baby <laughs> with the secrets. We're I'm not, not a baby. I'm f- uh, I'm a I'm a. Eight, what? How old? I'm ten, 
Did I say how old I was last time? Ten. Ten it is. A master of observation, indeed. <laughs> um, it's this attention to detail that convinced us. <laughs> if the object of value that the three of you are trying to claim is somewhere on this train, then I have reason to believe that the Rockport Slayer is somewhere on the train, too. So we need to... Uh, as he's talking and explaining this to you, uh, you see a shadow through the frosted glass of the uh, uh, of the the sleeper car uh, breeze past the windows, and Angus gets very quiet, uh, and he says, "I have reason to believe that Rockport Slayer." I can't is- hear you. Well, there. Well, I don't- that- P- prying eyes. What? Prying what? eyes? Huh? The prying eyes. There's prying eyes what? and prying ears. Hey, shh! There's prying ears everywhere, Angus. What are you yelling about, Kitty? You crazy? I am 100% sure that the three of you don't possess the competency required Solid. to perform multiple murders without getting caught by me already. He is a good detective. That's pretty good. Is that your way of saying we're off the suspect list for being serial killers? For now. But okay. I will need you to help me catch and apprehend, which also means catch, the real Rockport Slayer, who I know is somewhere aboard this... Uh, from outside, down dun, towards, dun, dun. towards the front of the train, you hear a high-pitched shriek. Aye! How was that? That's that was good. It was good. It was like a side story in here. <laughs> uh, and Angus goes, uh, oh, no, we need to go check that out Wait, right aboard now. aboard this what? Aboard this what? Train. Okay, let's go. Oh, okay. Uh, the three of you move from the sleeper car towards the front of the train, uh, towards the passenger car. Before you even uh, reach the door to the chamber between uh, cars, uh, you see a large pool of blood uh, on the outside of the closed door. Uh, And there is actually a little bit of blood uh, on the door itself also. Uh, But the door is closed. Ooh, that sounds ooky. I don't like the look of this one bit. All right. Well, you go first. (laughs) <laughs> okay, sounds fair. He says. That is not like you at all, Magnus. Uh, and opens up the uh, door to the space between the uh, uh, sleeper and passenger cars uh, and walks inside. And from where you're standing, you can see a, a scene of pretty tremendous gore. Are you walking into the space between the cars? Or you yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that's not very Magnus Rush's interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, Magnus and, rushes in. Okay. It's, it's been a while since I got us. to rush anywhere. Look, kid, you did the detective work. We'll do the heavy lifting, all right? Uh, you are now in the space between the cars, uh, which is a, a, a pretty tight fit. Imagine about the size of a like an elevator car uh, with uh, entrances on uh, both sides, one leading towards the front of the train, towards the passenger, one uh, the one you just stepped through. Uh, so it's enclosed, correct? It it is enclosed. Um, there are no windows. It's it's just sort of a you know like a space between trains. I don't know how familiar with trains the three of you are. Lying on the floor, uh, you see a body. Uh, this body is wearing robes. It has <gasps> been beheaded completely. <gasps> no. Uh, no, it's both of its hands. Does, ha- reach inside mi- its robe and see if you can find its rod. Both of its it, hands are missing, and... Does it have a tie? Does it have a bow tie? Tell me it doesn't have a bow tie. Griffin! 
It has a shimmering rainbow <gasps> no! bow tie. No, we never appreciated it while he was alive. Jenkins, uh, Jenkins, Jenkins has been beheaded, behanded. Oh, if only you'd use one of your spell slots to defend In the corner, you see Angus leaning over the uh, uh, body of just Graham. The Graham, too? And he's just jerking it. He's, <laughs> uh, he, does not, he's, he is not beheaded and behanded. He's not, he doesn't seem to have any wounds. He's just lying on the floor and... Uh, Angus says... Uh, Who is Graham? Graham is the juicy wizard. Ah, thank you. Uh, Graham is the juicy wizard, of course, that you all remember and love. Uh, <laughs> remember that uh, great and Angus character, is... the juicy wizard Graham? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angus is uh, leaning over his body, and he says, uh, he's just fainted. Uh, also in the car, you see uh, the drink cart that, uh, uh, what was it, Jenkins, the dearly departed. Uh, you was, forgot uh, his name already, <laughs> Griffin? <laughs> well, he's dead. You we don't bastard. need to worry about him He's been dead for seconds. Uh, and there is a considerable amount of uh, blood on the floor here, too. Uh, and, uh, God, I got a lot of names going. Angus says, uh, look over the body as quick as you can before anybody else gets here. That's my job. Let me look at the, let me look at the body. Okay. Mm. Uh, you, can all, you can all make investigation checks if you'd like. Well, I am the medical expert. Yes. Well, okay. I want to. I want to see if, if if the rod is missing. That's a fair so. question. Uh, okay, you're gonna do that. I rolled a nineteen. What are we rolling? And also look for investigation checks. And also look to see what uh, if his wand's there too. Nice. Uh, he you you rolled a what now? Nineteen. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, Magnus, you very quickly investigate his belongings. There's no rod in his possession. There's no uh, wand, no magical instrument, really nothing, nothing on this guy. A six for taco. Did what I do you, find what, anything? You're just sort of investigating. investigating. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking just investigating the scene with my six. Okay, with a six uh, investigation, uh, you don't see a lot. The only sort of peculiar thing you notice is that the uh, cut through the neck. The, the sort of uh, carving job that happened there is very clean. There's a very, right. very clean uh, uh, cut through, uh, through the neck. Let me investigate Wasn't... the body a little more. I rolled a 20. A 20. Okay, with a 20, uh, you notice two things. Uh, first of all is that the cut through the hands, the cut through the wrists, I should say, to remove the hands uh, is not clean. It's it is it is not nearly as smooth, uh, as professionally executed, I guess you could say, as the neck itself. Uh, and the other thing that you notice is that Jenkins' clothes are, re- other than the blood that has gotten on them, they are relatively unscathed, untorn. Uh, there doesn't appear to be any sign of a struggle, just based on what he's wearing. Um, uh, so the th- the three of you have investigated the corpse, and uh, is he bleeding from the neck and the and the wrist? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a sprinkler right now. Okay, he's a Angus. one of those wacky sprinklers. Angus looks at you. He goes, "We need to get Graham to a, a a bed or something as quick as." And he stops, and uh, looks up, and he says, "Nobody move." I turn around. What? <laughs> he uh uh with a flick of his wrist uh 
Angus produces a hand crossbow from his sleeve and shoots it at the ceiling. And as he does, you hear uh, a growling sound, like, like that. Uh, And suddenly a figure starts to take shape on the ceiling. Uh, First, you see four very, very sharp, uh, straight claws, almost like crab claws, uh, attached to a large, uh, round torso uh, that on the bottom of it has a circular mouth with three rows of glowing orange teeth inside of it. And Angus points at the door behind you and says, I'm going to get this guy out of here. You three run. No, wait, hold on. We got this. Uh, And uh, with that, Angus grabs Graham and with a surprising amount of strength for a little boy, uh, pulls him out of the chamber. Uh, And just as he does, this crab-like creature above you, uh, his mouth, the teeth on his mouth begin to spin. Uh, uh, his, His mouth begins to glow. I'm following Angus. I'll see you all in hell. <laughs> okay. Come on, stupid. All right, no. go. I'll, I'll get the rear. Go. We don't I'm have any stu- weapons. We have magic. Well, some of us do. <laughs> uh, which direction are, are are you staying in the car? Are you running towards Angus or are you running to- away towards the back of the car? Uh, Where, is the thing still on the ceiling? Yeah. I gave up my weapons. Did I give up my shield as well? Yeah. Oh. You guys really want to run away. You don't want to fight. I have no... We have no... Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you have magic? You have offensive magic? Yeah. I have offensive magic? I want to tell you a story about the time that there were three ogres, right? And then one of them hit me so hard I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were sitting up in a, some sort of weird laser just shooting flask willy-nilly and Travis is ripping the arms off of robots and I got punched so hard I almost died. I'm not gonna go toe-to-toe with a crab or you're armed with a terrible Scottish accent and Travis doesn't even have his shield. I'm out. I mean, did I say Travis? I mean Lehman Gessler. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wrong all the way around. Good enough. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your Dungeon Master, your friend. Thank you for listening to The Adventure Zone, episode 13, part uh, 4, I think, of Murder on the Rockport Limited. Speaking of, sorry about the murder that just happened on the Rockport Limited. I did not realize that Jenkins was going to be such a crossover hit when we killed him, but no use crying over spilled NPCs. Just a little bit of uh, general housekeeping this week. Uh, just a reminder, if you tweet about our show with the, the ZoneCast hashtag uh, and spread the word, there's a chance you could end up as a character on the show, much like Angus and Graham and Jess and like the billion people that I had to come up with that are all on this train. That could be you. Just uh, use the hashtag the ZoneCast on the Twitter. Uh, if you want to submit an item that our heroes could possibly purchase at the Fantasy Costco between uh, adventures... Uh, you can shoot a short name, uh, description, and price for that item to adventurezonecast at gmail.com. 
Also, if you want to see some pretty bitchin' fan art, uh, then you can go to theadventure.zone, which is our central hub website where we post new episodes, uh, cool art that we found, and character sheets, which I realize I haven't updated in a long time. Uh, but it's, I'm busy. Get off my back, Dad. Wait, well, my dad's on the podcast, so I know that you're not him, but you, you know what I mean. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What what influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer. Um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry. Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out, and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. 
April 25th is Taz. April 24th is my brother, my brother, and me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the foundation for black women's wellness. So go check it out. Macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Got a personal message here for Sophie Manfat Cannon of the Kent Manfat Cannons. And it's from Matt. Matt says to Sophie, happy approximately your birthday. Since moving to Hong Kong, life has been less smelly and entertaining. I don't know if that means less entertaining in conjunction with the smell factor or you're the most adequate acquaintance a boy could wish for. Can't wait to see you when I visit London in November. I will bring your other birthday gift, my magnificent presence. P.S. Come to Hong Kong. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm pretty sure Hong Kong and London are basically neighbors. But uh, as this podcast has proved time and time again, I don't know shit all about geography. If you like our show and you haven't checked out the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network, you should because they're all free and they're all really, really great. Uh, we have other shows on the network. Justin, Travis, and I do an advice show called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Justin does a medical history show with his wife, Sydney, called Sawbones. Travis does uh, an apocalypse show with his friend, Andy, called Bunker Buddies. Uh, there's, there's also non-McElroy products on the network, like Jordan, Jesse, Go, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Throwing Shade, Pop Rocket, uh, Lady to Lady, One Bad Mother, there's, there's a lot of jams on there, and you're going to find something that scratches your itch. I guarantee it. That's all I've got for this week. Thank you all so, so much for listening and sharing the show and reviewing on iTunes. We feel your love on a daily basis. I wake up in the morning, and it's like the first thing I feel. It hits me like a wave, like, whoa, somebody out there likes listening to my family role play. Anyway, that was stupid. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, so what have the three of you decided to do? Lay out, lay out for me again. We're in a train car, right? You are in a the space between the passenger and sleeper cars. We're looking into the passenger car. You, the Angus has just pulled Graham into the passenger car, and he told you to run the other way. The I weird crab is in front of the. Is on the ceiling with its uh, glowing mouth uh, pointed downward. In the, he's in the ceiling in the space between. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, have, I have stopped a time here uh, for, for all of you with my, my uh, immeasurable DM god magic uh, so that the three of you can make a decision. I'm, I mean, I'm, I already made mine. I, like, pushed Angus out of the way. Like, give me. I'm yeah, I'm going, I'm going towards the passenger car, I guess. Okay. Uh, you are it's in. better to stick together, I guess. Sure. Whatever. Like, All right. Whatever helps you sleep. I'll go along. Uh, the three of you follow Angus into the passenger car, uh, and he yells, "Shut the door!" 
Uh, Were you born in a barn? (laughs) (laughs) I shut the door. Okay. Uh, You slam the door behind you, uh, and as you do, uh, you hear a deafening roar come from that room, and uh, the the door seems to buckle and rattle. Uh, You feel a a burst of... Can I try to do the foley? Yeah, yeah, sure. I brace against it. That's good. Dad did it. I wanted to do it, but I'm Dad sorry. Did it. I'm sorry. I was helping. That's the worst. You weren't helping. I was going to do a hilarious joke. Okay. Oh man. Well, we'll take it from the top. Okay. Griffin, so, can I do the foley on the roar? Yeah. The roar. That was a pretty good joke. That was worth doing. That was worth two two takes. <laughs> that's, worth, that's worth going back. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Well, that was, let's take more pass at that. That that one felt a little limp to me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That was the door. Angus yells. That felt good. That felt good to me. Yeah. Ang- Angus yells. Can wow, we do that- a silly one with maybe something like we crunch up some cellophane to make it sound like he's walking through leaves? <laughs> wow, that door sounded so realistic. <laughs> oh, he found a horse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he's uh, underwater. <laughs> oh, he's throwing punches. <laughs> and now. I don't know what that was. The train derails and everyone on board dies. <laughs> Do some fucking foley on that. <laughs> I want to hear the foley of all of your death rattles. <laughs> three ghosts appear and strangle all three of you to death. What's that sound like? That's my death rattle. Yeah, it's pretty good goof. The, the, you, you feel a uh, sort of uh, burst of hot air come from uh, behind this incredibly lifelike rattling fantasy door. Angus yells, uh, what are you doing? I told you to run towards the back of the train. Sirs? Well, well, we wanted to, like, protect you. I don't need protecting. I need, uh, you know what a great thing to do to protect me would be, he says, uh, and the uh, door behind you uh, in the space where you found the corpse just blasts open, and that crab... Uh, that that fiery crab monster lurches through, and Angus yells, "It would have been great if you had brought it in any other room except for the room that we're in now. If you well, had maybe, tra- we if you, you know what, listen, if you could have aggroed him and trained him towards the back of the train. Oh, I get why they call it that now. Um, <laughs> anyway, we better roll initiative. Uh, okay, I rolled a ten. I rolled a nineteen. Well, damn dog." Uh, eleven. We should love this one. Chill touch. This one's nice. <laughs> chill. Hey, hey, chill. hey chill. how about a chill, chill touch? touch. <laughs> chill touch. Just relax. I think with... chill touch is what they do in Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, cool. Take a seat on my Adirondack chair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> first in the order is Merle. Uh, first off, let me explain the situation. The three of you are in the passenger car which is essentially just a row of uh, two rows of benches on the left and right sides of the train uh, with some windows uh, uh, next to each bench. Imagine sort of uh, the layout of a, well, a train. And uh, in the front row, uh, sitting who's just turned to uh, survey the deafening noise and yelling, uh, you see Jess, the beheader. Uh, and, uh, just behind you is Angus, who is still dragging Graham, the fainted, 
uh, Juicy Wizard, uh, away from this crab who is directly in front of you. And with that, uh, it is Merle's turn. So Angus is heading towards the front of the train. Angus is basically trying to get Graham away from Right, but I'm trying to get the direction fixed on my head. Towards the front of the train, the crab is towards the back of the train. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. I have decided to no longer try to be Wesley Mm -hmm. from Princess Bride. Uh, I am going to fulfill my role as a cleric. I cast Shield of Faith. Okay. A shimmering field that lasts for ten minutes... And we'll give each one of the three of us plus two AC. Okay. You're welcome. Super Uh, cool. You going to move or do anything? No, I'm just doing that. Cast and shield of of faith. Okay. Uh, I hold up my my book, my my stream team Bible, a, a bright, clear, crystal blue sheen erupts from it. Wait, is it clear or is it crystal blue? Yes, it's <laughs> okay. crystal, crystal clear blue it's with a bluish, a slight bluish tint. Uh, Griff, are we able to tell like what it, does the crab seem organic or robotic or what? Oh, is it's it? organic. It's it is. It's not uh, an, an automaton. Okay. Uh, it is. You know uh, how Travis feels about those. Yeah. How yeah. big is it? Like compare it to an animal. Uh, it is the size of a hmm. That's a great question, Travis. Sort of a Galapagos turtle. Okay. Oh, that would hurt. What would? If it if it pinched us. Yeah, it was not. It doesn't have pinchers as much as it has these long, razor sharp claws, and uh, a mouth that uh, is very big and has lots of teeth, like a sarlacc. Okay. Yeah, but there's still good meat in there. I'm telling. Oh, you. for sure, for sure, for sure. Awesome. Oh. Um. Okay, Merle, are you done? You're not moving. That's it. I'm I'm not moving. Okay. Uh, the three of you are just standing shoulder to shoulder then, I guess. Uh, uh, it is now the crab's turn. Uh, he scuttles towards the three of you, uh, sort of rotates his body and rears back on one of his claws mm-hmm. and swings one claw each at all three of you. Sweet. Oh, that's sort a of cool just look. a uh, just sort of a raking attack. Uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Merle. Now, which one do I roll? You uh, roll I'm nothing. rolling to attack your AC. All right. Uh, that is a 17. Yeah, 18 is my armor class. And actually, it's 20 right now, right? Oh, that's right, yes. Uh, okay, so his, uh, claw just sort of, uh, grazes you and just sort of glances off your pauldrons of your chain, ah! chain mail armor. Uh, the next claw comes down on Taco. And that is, ooh, goddamn, uh, 24. Just barely. <laughs> uh, and I'll go ahead and roll the attack on Merle, too, to see if it hits. Uh, that is a 18. Wait, on me, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Uh, my AC right now is 19. Thank you, Merle. Uh, okay, uh, so Taco, you were the only one that got hit by that, and you take... Ooh, plus eight, 14 damage as he um, rakes it across your I, chest. Am I correct in thinking that without my shield, I can't do... Yeah, you can't. I think that's true. I think that's true, too. I'm going to say it's true, because how... What the fuck? What are you going to do? Jump in yeah. front of it, like, uh, in the line of fire? I mean, I will. I'll take that damage. No. Uh, taco took that damage. 14 damage to the taco. Wait, how <laughs> many? Yeah, 14. 
Listen, you guys are level what? Level four now? You can take yeah. a you can take a beaten. Fourteen's nothing. I shit and take fourteen damage. <laughs> <laughs> really? You should see a doctor, Griffin. Next in the order is Taco. No, wait, wait, wait. It just says protection. When a creature you see attacks a target other than you with is in five feet. Oh, no, you must be wielding a shield. Okay, never mind. Okay. I was about to say, what are you... Hey, you, cut it out. <laughs> get your damn hands off him. You get your damn lobster claws off him. No, Biff. Okay. Uh, Taco, it is your turn. Where is the... The the thing has made its way into the train car, right? Uh, it's, it's right in front of you, yeah. Um, all of you are about... Uh, you're sort of clustered up together uh, about uh, eight feet from the door that you came through. Okay. Okay, I cast Levitate on the crab. Nice. Uh, okay. It has to pass a constitution saving throw. Constitution's not this crab's strong point, which I'm <laughs> sure you'll be happy to hear, glad to hear. Um, what is that? And then what? You just fuck, you levitate him? Yeah, he floats for ten minutes. Okay, I didn't think he can, could do that. To and he can all, well, you have to have a, I mean, if it's unwilling, you have to pass a constitution saving throw. Okay. Eleven? Yeah, I didn't pass uh, okay, this crab is now levitating. How high and what does that mean? You, It would float up to 20 feet. Um, right at this point, it can only uh, move. Uh, let me just tell you. If it, it uses scale. another physical object to like push itself? Yeah, to, it can push off of a surface within reach. Uh, I can change the altitude by up to 20 feet in either direction on my turn. Can I say something as a free action? Yeah. Knock it out of the train. Cool. You know, basically, if you levitate it up to the roof, you've got uh, a crab on its back, not able to move. Uh, yeah, I want to knock it out of the train. Magnus, uh, it is your turn. Excellent. I'm going to step up and phantom fist it out a window. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That is a 17. Oh, and you have to beat AC? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has 16 AC, so that nice. connects. Um, so that hits 1d4. And don't you get some uh, sort of bonus for your unarmed? I, oh, it does. It does. It's um, 1d4. So I hit it for 2, but I get to push it. Okay. Um, and I'm going to push it through the window. Uh, so okay. basically, I'm punching it out a window. The window is about uh, six feet, uh, which is to the left or right. You're basically in the center of the train right now. I, I mean, I'm punching it with my right fist. So, so it would be towards the left. Yes. Uh, okay. You punch him. And how far can you punch him with the phantom fist? I don't know. This pushes the target back 2d4 feet. Oh, okay. Great. Um, we will say because he's experiencing some, like, anti-gravity shit right now, we'll bump that up to 3d4. Okay. Um, so uh, you need to get six four. if you want to try and get him out of the train. Six. Okay, yeah. Uh, mm. Ten. Okay, uh, you punch him uh, towards the left side of the train. He hits the glass and it shatters, but he gets a chance to uh, try and grab onto the sides uh, of the train to avoid getting knocked out. Let's do a straight up and down check uh if it beats 10 then he manages to hold himself i uh, got an 11 uh so you punch him he uh his his basically mouth side goes flying into the glass and shatters it 
but he manages to uh, stab his claws into either side of the window uh, and hold himself uh, there without uh, without going out. But you did do some damage to him. I'm going to action surge and punch him again. <laughs> okay. I'm dedicated uh, to this. I want this to happen real bad. This needs to happen. Uh, that is a 19. Okay. Yeah, that's that does it. And you don't, I guess you don't need to roll for distance. You roll damage, so go ahead and hit him. Okay. Two. So that's another two. So altogether, I've hit him for eight damage. Okay. And, and punched him out a window. Okay. Uh, same chance to resist. Wait a minute. Why does he get a chance to resist Phantom Fist? I, you, so if at any time you are being uh, knocked off a ledge to your death or being knocked into like a hole or any situation where you are being killed with movement, uh, you get a chance to uh, a, a reflex save to save yourself. Uh, the only other time you wouldn't do that is if you're like asleep or unconscious or something. Uh, but that time I only rolled a seven. Uh, so you, uh, he is, uh, uh, latched onto this window. You run out to him one more time and do like a, uh, a jumping punch attack. Uh, and his claws, his claw knees buckle and, uh, he gets pushed out the window. Uh, you are on the inside of the tunnel. So he gets, uh, scraped up against the side of the tunnel and train. Uh, and you, you see him move down the, the length of the train as it passes through this tunnel. And he's just sort of getting gnashed up. Uh, he's not outside of the car for very long when you see another burst of flame and he sort of rocket propels himself, uh, back into the train about two cars Now, down. hold on. <laughs> now. Uh, okay. But because he just got straight up grinded uh, down the length of the train, we'll say he took uh, 2d12 damage from that. Wow. That's a 10 and an 11. Wowzers. And so I hit him for 8. 21. Yep. So he's taking 29 points of damage. Yeah, and he is bloody, and he is further down the train, and that was pretty fucking radical. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi, Carrie. What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away, and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors. Ew. Or mm-hmm. our show. 
That's pretty tough because we visited a live exorcism. We joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady. Oh, and we joined that Tony Alamo cult. Dope. They were scary. Super creepy. We joined the Ethere Society. We tried penis enlargement, or at least oh, I did. Oh boy, I tried breast enlargement. We have basically done every creepy, weird, fringe thing except for thousands more, which we will get to if you listen to our show. I'd still say the swimming pool with my ancestors' bones. Well, then I don't even know if people would listen. I guess they shouldn't. But if you want to, we're at Maximum Fun, and the show's called Anorosa and Carrie. 